Charlotte. And I'm Gabby. Welcome to We Know Everything. And this podcast, we're going to be looking at, well, learning everything about skincare. Yep. Um, so, Happy New Year. We're back. We are. And, um, yeah. Having, <laughs> having a pretty great 2019 so far. <laughs> um, so, we're, this one's going to be a wider, I mean, skincare is a very broad topic. Um, I think we're specifically looking at does it do what it says it does? A lot of the skincare that gets sold. Or does it need to be as complicated as it is? It does, does it work at all? That's genuinely my real question. Does it do anything? Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, so before we go in, we probably should announce the format of the co- – not announce, well, explain <laughs> the format of the podcast to new listeners. Yeah, we can announce it too. I'm going to jump in. It, yeah. <laughs> all right, Gabby. <laughs> Our podcast is split into two. Um, the first half, we talk about a topic exactly how we know it, and then the second half, we come back and uh, after some research – Mm-hmm. Um, many days hitting the books and really understanding, <laughs> talking to experts. We come back. And once we've finished hitting books, we go to Google and we just type in <laughs> what skincare. <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah. And uh, we come back and correct ourselves in the first half and try to have a more in-depth understanding of what it is that we're talking about. Exactly. And that way we're learning, you guys are learning along with us, and it's kind of fun to examine what you know when you haven't actually looked into a subject, just what has what bits of information has your brain ended up latching onto and what's it done with it? Yeah. I feel like with something like skincare, mm-hmm. it's particularly important because it's something that I think that all of us kind of buy into to some degree and understand that there's a certain amount of marketing and a certain amount of, mm. uh, uh, you know, other things to that. And, I, but we still kind of, I yeah, think all of us have some yeah. degree of skincare or some sort of <laughs> yeah. facial routine. And I would also say, I think when we say us, we potentially, I know it is marketed towards men increasingly, and that's a huge, that's kind of a huge push because it's an untapped market, but it definitely is something which women, mm. especially traditionally, have spent a lot more of their money on. Yeah. And oh, it's such a huge industry. I have a feeling it's the biggest industry in terms of how much it makes. What, skincare? Like yeah, facial skincare? I think if you include like makeup products, like if bigger just, than oil. I think it's bigger than oil. Okay. We'll look it up. Do we put oil on our faces? <laughs> Definitely. I've sold so many facial oils. Should we give a quick kind of canvas to um, how um, how we're coming? My, so the skincare is something I've always been really interested in, mm. um, especially after selling it. That really made me interested uh, in yeah. the lies of skincare. I remember when <laughs> you were asked, you had that great story of when you started working before you sold it oh, yeah. and they asked you what your skincare routine was and you said it was like water no it was oh my god they we were getting trained on how to sell very expensive uh, skincare brands and i didn't use anything like anything and they were asking it was me and another girl who was also starting with me who knew her skincare stuff and they asked us what cleanser we use or what base our cleanser had and she said <laughs> she said something and then i Oh man, I wish I was because I think it's a cool skill, but I'm not a good liar on the spot. So I said I didn't know, and then I said it was water based. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lady was teaching us, I don't know, it was like, you should know what you're putting on your face. And I was like, I do know it's shower water. <laughs> it's definitely water based. <laughs> All right, so we'll start off with a question, Charlotte. Uh, do we need this form of skincare? Like, is it something that we need to do every day? I don't know. I used to 
think it was. I think after selling it, you end up selling to yourself more than you sell to anybody else because you're saying it a hundred times a day and talking about how important it is. And you start to think that you really start to think what animal wouldn't have a four step skincare routine every morning. Four steps. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause it's like toning as well. And people should know what that is. And no joke. People have like 10, 10 steps. Like people have so many steps. People think you are disgusting if you don't use two different types of cleansers. Anyway. So I ended up selling it probably to myself and then I had this moment, I kind of, when your father, Roberto, came around to our house and I knew he was celebrating his birthday and I thought it was his 60th and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, he looks so young for 60 and I said, happy 60th and he said, I'm 64 and I said, have you ever moisturized Roberto? Oh, he doesn't because He makes never it has out. and he has the most beautiful skin I've ever seen on someone of that age. <laughs> and that, it really was, I was like, well, if Roberto has that good a skin and he hasn't spent all of the money and done all of the effort that we meant to do to have skin like that at our age. And I was instantly like, it all crumbled away. And I was like, it's a lie. Obviously, I've like taken on my father's genes. Who gets a lot of airtime on this podcast, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of people comment on my skin a lot and I don't do anything. Yeah. I try and I always forget. I'm always like, I should do a facial routine. And I buy all the stuff (laughs) and then I get bored and then I don't. And I also break out. If I use moisturizer, I like break out Mm -hmm. in pimples and stuff. So it's much better not to. But I've been told multiple times that if I don't use moisturizer, I'll I'll age and die Mm. a horrible death. I don't know what toner does. (laughs) I actually don't know what all the cleansers does makes your face burn I don't know like, I know there's like anti-pimple things and I don't think I've ever used one and think that they successfully worked no I have I no idea abs- I so people comment on Gary's skin a lot I have done a lot of skin put a lot of skincare stuff on my skin and no one has ever commented on my skin I think it's beautiful say, thank you <laughs> <laughs> but like objectively yeah. you've got better skin than me you'll probably have better skin than me your whole life I have, especially I when I worked at that store where I was selling the expensive skincare product, I put the expensive skincare testers on my face all the time. I, so, I did too, because you brought some home. It was yeah. great. I had parsley and I don't even know what else was on my face. Because, <laughs> I mean, you got like a little fragment. I was so bored at that job, putting on the skincare products was my main job. <laughs> I stopped wearing makeup to work so I could do it. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. So what do you think is, seeing as you're now an expert having sold this what do you think is necessary within our routines because i think this is what the podcast boils down to what do we actually need to do to Mm. our skins day Mm. by day and is it a hygiene thing or an anti-aging thing or a general like so i mean i well i truly don't know when when i sold it there was we kind of sold it with the like so when we sold it we would get schooled about the brand and how to sell it and i remember always finding it funny how crazy the stuff that we said was because it was clearly it didn't make any sense like it was saying lots of the same words hydration emollients always talking about how fast it sinks into your skin always describing the skin in a way that was like if anyone who had any basic understanding of skin heard it or science or like i don't know because we're always talking about this will open up your cells to like inject vitamin C in it and then it will lift the layer of skin off. And I was like, this that can't be well, how they're it kind of like the fake science words, yeah. which I think that are on the bottles and stuff. Yeah. Like, and uh, talking about how like the marigold and the lavender and the shea butter. And I was like, are they doing anything? I think they're just in there to give it a scent and to give it a selling point. Like, what are they? What are they? I just, do they do anything? I like the new whatever technology like mm. micro beads that will mm. make you glow from the inside out so mm-hmm. you'll stand out in the dark <laughs> <laughs> it just it, it's it seems 
I do actually, in saying this, it sounds like I just like splash my face with water. I don't normally clean my face with soap because no. I do break out. Um, so usually what I do is just sit in the shower. <laughs> I exfoliate my face once a, with like this walnut thing because microbeads are apparently the bane of the earth. Yep. Um, so I exfoliate my face once a week and I can tell there's a notable difference when I don't have things building up in my pores. And I use like coconut oil to like take out makeup and stuff if I wear makeup and that's it. Mm. That's all I do. I and think- I feel like... But there's a part of me that feels like I should be doing more. That I'm going to, mm. by the time I turn 35, I'm going to become a raisin because I haven't like made enough effort with my skincare routine. But I have no idea what's backing that. No. Is that actual fact? Yeah. Is that like you've always got? Of- I think you should be suspicious when people are making this amount of money out of it. Yeah. Then you I'm should always be- suspicious. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, but that, and that's the bit where it gets tricky because. The whole kind of way they sell it is that you won't really see the results now. You're going to see them 30, 20 years down the track. You know, like the idea is that we have to, we've got pretty young, healthy skin now, but we have to be doing all these things now. Otherwise, we'll get punished when we turn 60 and our eye bags suddenly are hitting our boobs. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of image they sell, to, sell it to you. And my, feel, like my feeling with skincare is it probably does, maybe it does something. Who knows? But I feel like if you were to like make a pie chart of how your skin's gonna look, and it was made up of segments of like your genetics, what you eat, like your nutrition, your exercise, surely your skincare routine is like the tiniest sliver of that pie oh, yeah. chart. That's how I imagine it's gonna. Well, that's what I think. I don't know, but that's what I imagine it is because I can't see actually how those things could have anywhere near it. Like I feel like your genetics will be like almost all of your pie chart. Then maybe like food will probably be a huge bit. Exercise, like your general health. Ooh, sun protection. Sun protection. I think that's a big one. Mm. I do put sunscreen on my face. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, because, you know, especially in New Zealand where we have the devil's <sighs> sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the devil gave us it. <laughs> and it is awful and I do not like it. But that's what I imagine we're going to find out. Yeah. That, it, that we're spending all this money on something that really doesn't contribute much to your and like it's probably a genetic game at the end of the day also can it definitely i know there's the whole thing of microbeads but we must mm. be flushing so many things mm. down the drain along with our skincare routine i mean all those like mm. new technology uh collagen filled beads of sweat <laughs> from a bee's bum actually yeah i've used some weird i've gone i've, I've fallen into the trap of used apparently i've used the bee venom remember that you yeah, bee venom. put on your face at one time and it was um, a great day i had this like um which now i don't think was probably as good for the bees as i was told at the time by the shopkeeper <laughs> but there was this like it was all the rage that this bee venom thing would basically like make your face swell up and i don't know and then you come out looking like an infant i had no idea how it worked but anyway so i had bee venom in like a little thing and a little pot of moisturizer next to it and charlotte went and used my moisturizer to quickly moisturize before work and put bee venom on her face. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, so bad. It was like burning all the way to work. But That's ridiculous. Everyone comes on how beautiful I looked. Well, that's the thing. I reckon because when you put on skincare, you spend all this money on it, you kind of want to have a... F- I reckon they put that... So they, they would have put just acid in there because I feel like you feel like something's working. If you can feel something, even if it's burning, you think something's happening. I don't buy into that. I did. I think it's a selling. I think it's a selling point. Yeah, I think it's that, real. I think I've said this on this podcast before that like when pimple products burn you, yeah, like this. I think this is how we started this whole let's do skincare. Like the the fact that everyone's like it means it's working. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think like anything. <laughs> Maybe it's removing a layer of skin from my face and hoping my face grows a new one. If we're gonna, yeah, because that actually removing skin is a huge 
kind of that's the huge idea behind a lot of sound of like cleansers and exfoliants. removing skin yeah removing your dead skin oh, cells no, bringing just up like a facial peel <laughs> they can't yeah i mean no obviously it's not like taking your skin off but yes taking bits of your skin off but there's a real strong idea that we uh, our face is covered in this layer of gross skin that we need to have scoured off to show our beautiful secret gorgeous skin which is just hiding under this gross skin on our face, which we then layer 10 <laughs> layers of makeup on top of <laughs> yeah because it's still gross <laughs> <laughs> but yeah well and the other so I feel like it'd be fun to kind of look into so read what kind of processes they describe when in the selling of it mm. and then to see how that actually works like does that actually make sense yeah that would be really interesting the other I mean the other, uh, the reason that it's really present on my mind is because I think the skincare, especially not like makeup, but skincare, is growing hugely and becoming way more prevalent. And I feel like people, well, there, and someone wrote an article saying it was kind of a lie or saying it wasn't as necessary as people made out. And I've never, and I kind of, the sites I go on, I've probably linked more like kind of progressive, like, I don't know how to quite describe it, but I was surprised at the venom and the anger these writers were throwing up against the person who wrote that article. Like, it was so angrily defended and tore down, not defended, like attacked and tore down that it made me kind of interested. You know when some people really freak out about something, you kind Mm. of think, what what are they, like, like, what are they hiding? You know, it was a whole, like, the lady doth protest too much yeah, to bring Shakespeare back into it. But that's kind of how I felt about it, because I was like, what? Like, this is such a non-nuanced response when generally mm. the, the kind of angle more is. But, yeah, that kind of anger towards it made me think, are people just defending their jobs here, defending yeah. something that makes a lot well, of that's money? as well. Also, I feel like you've cheated a lot in this oh. podcast, having worked in the industry <laughs> and done some prior research. So we'll have a conversation about this oh. afterwards. But yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's huge. Just my thing that I want to see is like all of this latest technology and stuff. How much of that is that also just rehashing mm. old things? Mm. Like putting charcoal on your skin is not a new thing. No. You know, like things that are like more milky. I mean, that's what Cleopatra does. It's something that sounds really cool mm. about it, though. I think that's as well. Like it's cool oh, to put exactly. like muds yeah, and like... Yeah. Milk it will be fun on your skin. finding out the variety of insane. Like I remember watching a Cindy Crawford sponsored thing about the power of I think it was snail like the trails that snails leave. Cindy Crawford had oh, like yeah. a one of those infomercials that was on all the time that I remember watching like sick one day like ah <laughs> who <laughs> me did snails. that first? There's something about like I saw something about Kate and um, Beckinsale the other day putting yeah. like foreskins yep like <laughs> on her face like who tests this <laughs> what are those like researchers it must be just so like pulling I think they go for the shock factor they're like ah oh, bee do. venom like yeah. foreskin snail slime like <laughs> I guess what was that one that had placenta in it or something like that is it just something I think placenta may have not been actually it was placenta. a I think it was a bad was, yeah I don't think it was I mean it definitely wasn't it was a bad translation. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah um, but I think the shock factor makes it even more like, uh, yeah. prestigious. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, only the fanciest of people smear, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tropical bird poo on their faces. And what's so amazing they is that like every three. single brand sells it like they have found the definitive, like the hunt's over, put down all your skincare, we've found it. We've yeah. found the fern that actually stops aging. We've found the snail. We've found the rhinoceros we found i don't know this shaved sheep that licks you (laughs) every single brand 
will market it like that. Like this doctor has finer in it. They always say it's an ancient one. Like they always use the idea that people in the past had really good skin. Yeah. Like if we could travel back to the Aztecs, they would have looked beautiful. And now we're using the fern that they used. Like they that's a real common narrative is to pretend that it was something mm. maybe not pretend. My bias is coming through, oh, but yeah, say that in ancient people. Yeah. yeah, we haven't done the research. I think this is a good, but now that we have um, proof of your inability to pronounce the word ancient. <laughs> <laughs> How do I say it? You say ancient. How it's it that and koala you can't pronounce. <laughs> and koala? Oh, you can say koala now. Koala. Yeah, you used to say koala <laughs> and ancient for ancient. Ancient. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> See? But not Lifelong to, learning. Yeah. We're just improving day by day. But not to take away from your point, but that's exactly it as well. Mm. Like, we all feel like they had they had the secret back in the day. Mm. You know, they cleaned their hair with baking soda and, like, you know, died at 35, so they looked young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why everyone's gotten so confused. Because, like, they're like, here's a bitch of the oldest woman in the tribe. And like, oh. like, she's 20. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Maybe just a misunderstanding. Yeah, but there's just this fear of aging, this ability to extend our. I, I mean, should we even bother to go into the whole like no, unpacking I'm the like sexism tired and the aging. awful ideas? Of just, and but the thing is that we're all on the fringes, which is kind of what this podcast is about. That we all have like some sort of base knowledge about things. Mm. I think a lot of people have a kind of basic understanding that they're being lied to to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know that something's mm. and that you know we there are all these marketing products mm. and techniques that probably everything doesn't need to be as thorough as we told as like if you buy yeah. one thing that is a sheep licking your face and throwing foreskins onto you to age you <laughs> you have to use that product as well as all the other sister products yeah you have to also buy the toner and the water and the cream and then take a pill four times a year and like there's just so many things four that times just, a year. and that's, that's the only way that it can work <laughs> Yeah, and but we all kind of like, but we still buy into it. Yeah, you know, we You're still right. like feel like, and like, do we at a base level, if we strip everything back, part of the metaphor, do we need to be cleaning our faces that much anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just that? Is it fear driven? Yeah. Is it just we think we shouldn't be aging and we have a bad attitude to towards aging? Or is it just a lot the day? Yeah. <laughs> or is it a fear of death? Ooh. Is it fear of our immortality? We don't really like, like to see our bodies aging, and we hope that we can buy an expensive bowl of cream and we can cheat are we trying to cheat death is that why we're doing it maybe also it's just kind of a class thing that you want to be as clean as possible yeah Yeah. oh so many so many levels to the whole skincare thing my thing from a more kind of i would just want to know when someone announces a new your new uh technology which is usually how it's said Mm. or they come up with some ridiculous kind of uh Volumizium, I'd like to volumize your pores. I don't know. That's mostly like a hair thing. Where they come up with this kind of fake word that like scientists have discovered this new uh, molecule or whatever that's going to like, like how much. Because I know there's a lot of people who do work in this industry and do a lot of research. Yeah, what do they do? I would love to know what they do. I don't know. Just running around with four skins with new cucumbers. They come up with new ways to sell the same basic product. Yeah. I think. Uh, a kind of a thing that I worry about all the time mm. is moisturizing. Yes, I think that's, me too. You know, one that I'm like, <laughs> me too. Especially, I mean, man, I have no idea what I put on my face every day or what I'm doing. See, I and my... I've never felt like I've used something and been like, that makes a notable difference. Yeah, I felt like I've made like natural like face masks or something like that, like with like lemon and honey and stuff. Mm. And then, but I don't know. I don't know what to believe in anymore. Things can definitely make your skin feel softer. Whether that does anything to your skin other than make it feel softer after you've, I don't know, removed a bunch of oil and dirt from it, or even if that's what you're removing. I don't even know what we're actually stripping out of our faces. Mm. 
I can say skincare can definitely make it feel softer for a bit. But that's about that's all I can definitely say it can do. Yeah. I remember we sold creams by rubbing them on our hands, right? Yeah. And then you'd show the person the hand you'd rubbed it into compared to your other hand. And what I realized was it wasn't because of the other the hand you'd rubbed the cream into would always look better and smoother and more even toned. And that was because you'd circulated your blood. Like if you do that without anything on, that hand will look nicer or like look different to your other hand you haven't rubbed. But you can do that whether you've got a cream on it or not. It wasn't a cream. That could give it a bit of a sheen, but like it was just the circulating of your blood. I wonder if that's when your face tingles and that kind of thing. It's also just like blood circulating. Yeah. So you're going to look like happier and like. Yeah, because you're rubbing it on. That's so face. true. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, the truth comes out. You heard it here first. <laughs> even though this is, we should keep saying this is the non researched part. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the non researched part. I'm but gonna... it's interesting how much we think that we. We have a vague idea mm. that it's not necessary, but we haven't gone out of our way to figure out exactly, you know, what we need to do. Or should we not, should we, a, we shouldn't be buying as many, one human does not eat, need like 20 different cleaning products mm. for each, you know, like hair, nail, skin. And then Tooth. on top of that, <laughs> then you take vitamins as well. Mm. So it's just this whole, and we just... <laughs> The world's going to die. <laughs> this podcast always come to that conclusion. <laughs> what I guess my question was, because I was trying to think about it, trying to get rid of, because so I stopped moisturizing after your dad. After I talked to your dad, I stopped moisturizing. Dad, like, you've changed the world. <laughs> yeah. And then I started again because I was like, oh my God, like maybe Roberto didn't need to moisturize, but may, just because he has beautiful skin and hasn't moisturized doesn't mean, that, that doesn't mean that if, that my skin won't change with moisturizing. Like, mm. you know, it could still be that I just need to moisturize and Roberto didn't. So, and I think because I have the kind of skin that does wrinkle very easily, like it's very pale, very fair. I've got huge crow's feet. My dad has, I look very much like my dad and he is very wrinkly, like probably prematurely wrinkly for like most people. He's probably more wrinklier. So I think I have a real fear of it. So I started moisturizing again because I was like, just what if it does work? Like, I'd hate for it to do something and for me to miss out. But then I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know what? It I, is fear. This is going to sound really, this is a really lame, non-scientific, um, non, just, but I just think that everyone just looks better if they smile. Like, that sounds really mm. lame, but it's like, if you're happy and comfortable and you're having a so, great time, it doesn't matter what's on your face. You're going to look more attractive to people. I so mean, yeah, guys, crack a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even get into the fact that it doesn't actually matter that much. No. What I have noticed that people get really angry on these forums if anyone says skincare is not relevant because they'll talk about how they've got really bad skin problems and people don't uh, understand. Oh, that's true. And that's, to be fair, neither of us have very bad skin problems. Our no. skin is normal. Like people who have like really bad acne or mm. people who have, which like cripples their self-esteem mm. and stuff. But that's usually they turn to medication to fix yeah, that yeah, as well. Yeah. And is that there's... an exception that's kind of derailing you know, it's not like skincare is just targeted towards people with extreme skin problems. That's the very opposite. It's targeted towards absolutely everyone. Yeah. You know? So well, I feel like that you point actually your pimples, Stop you aging. It'll moisturize you. <laughs> make you look better. Make your makeup go on better. Like mm. a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. This is just, it's just making me a little bit annoyed at myself as well that I like kind of buy into this stuff. Like I think I know I better. Don't mad at yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a word with myself after this. <laughs> and a word with me, a word with yourself. Just everyone. But yeah, no, I definitely like work, for, you know, if you, you know, do what works for you. 
you know that i think that's Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the most important thing and make sure that you're seeing results on your skin and not going by what some shop obviously ignorant (laughs) shop attended (laughs) is saying (laughs) does ash does your partner ash use any sort of skincare routine or anything like that no but when i was working at that job i used to always put it on him because mm. i was afraid i'd look at him and, and like think oh my god you like really i'd put it on him at night he didn't want me to you just wanted to make <laughs> i would be like- toning and moisturizing him <laughs> for real what? oh because you thought that it was very yeah, important to i do thought so. it was very important and i thought that this stuff would really i don't know it got to me if you people in retail if you sell something every single day and you really sell it it, you sell it to yourself. Yeah, it's like working at the cable, at that museum. We both worked, that gift <laughs> shop. We both went to a gift shop, and I started to want to buy the products in there. Yeah, probably out of boredom. God, we should do one on retail, you but no, it does be me complaining. <laughs> what is toner? Okay, I've sold toner so many times. Toner does an extra cleanse and moisturizes, but the real keyword with a toner is it prepares your skin. That's bullshit. <laughs> <I know. laughs> So toner, my takes skin's you, not ready. <laughs> yeah, toner gives a little talk. It's like <laughs> toner takes his skin aside and says, "All right," and mentally prepares it. It gives it a motivational speech and puts on pumped up music. It plays Beyonce. <laughs> it does it in the class, and then your skin is finally ready to have it's relaxed. The pores are open, ready <laughs> yeah. to receive all That's the other shit they you put say, in. Though I think I think they say like it makes your yeah like your pores receptive to suck in all the moisturizer that's gonna get put on it i don't know it's so crazy oh, that actually that's the thing that i think i'm most conscious of about my face is my pores because mm. like no one ever notices but when i look in the mirror i'm like i have craters <laughs> that's probably <laughs> on one of the most face. fascinating things is how honestly i can look at my face and see about 10 billion blackheads and you just pull the face which everyone pulls when i say that <laughs> because you don't see any blackheads but seriously i'm not kidding i can just show you in the bathroom after this <laughs> no one's standing as close as you stand to the mirror no <laughs> and everyone's worried about their face so they're not paying attention to also, you also the things that i think are blackheads and that people think are blackheads i don't think are blackheads there's a difference between the little pores on your skin <laughs> yeah, little bits of poo that's what they are <laughs> <laughs> little bugs. <laughs> no, but all because you know how if you look at anyone's nose, it's got little holes all over it. Yeah, those aren't blackheads. Those yeah, are pores. Yeah, but people think those are blackheads. That's why everyone is trying to constantly remove the skin off their nose. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll be happy if we just wore masks all the time. That's <laughs> <was> fine. <laughs> I truly think with, and I, I don't think anything's going to make me not think this. I truly think we would be happier if there was, if a skincare industry or. I'm going to say it because I've only got six listeners. <laughs> I think we'd be happy if there was no skincare industry. Because yeah. its existence means that we need to change our skin. Yeah. And we need to change a lot of things. And our skin's not high on that list. No. And let's bring it back to global warming. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, we're making all these products that we definitely don't need. We're flushing yeah. all the stuff down the <sighs> toilet, which is not good for it. I mean, like, microbeads with, like, the things that everybody knows about. But I'm sure in our research we're going to uncover this whole bunch mm. of stuff. Like, yeah, just think... Ugh, we we thought the microbeads would be going into the ocean and exfoliating dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you looking young is not on your priority list. Uh, <laughs> it no. should not be. <laughs> yeah, it really shouldn't be. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go away and actually make sure that everything we're that we're ranting about. We're going to try to challenge these places. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, I really am. I'm going to try to read the stuff. I'm going to try to read a balanced perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I promise. I'm gonna try and do some research to understand, and it might seem stupid because it's just skincare, but it's something that we all buy into and we do yeah, day by day, it, and it's, it's something that stupid. we need to know more about. I'll be finding out whether it is the biggest industry in the world. I, <laughs> um, yeah. and if it is, this is why it's not stupid. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, Imagine all the and money what kind of save. impact it has on us? 
yeah. just kind of feels soft and supple. <laughs> <laughs> Why must we always look young? Nah. All right, now we should shut up. Now we're just, now we're just, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> right. rambling. This is the end. This is the end gonna, of this half. Yep. We're going to go away, fill our brains up with things, burn all our moisturizer, um, <laughs> yeah, and then come back to you with either apologies or <laughs> yeah. kind of... More rants. Yeah, more rants. <laughs> all right. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we are. You can hear by the sounds of our voices that we are more informed, better people. Uh huh. If you could see our eyes, they're just bursting with wisdom. There's so much. So um, I'm just gonna come out and say that this was the most difficult thing that we've researched so far. Mm-hmm. I think for me, especially. And when you say difficult, you mean well, mentally difficult. As a part <laughs> to the difficulty of like the, what we were learning about, I feel like trying to understand how allergies work was harder. But like, it was hard. It was hard mentally. in terms of, yeah, but also in terms of like research. Oh, it was right, yeah. so hard to like not find an article or a I fact or something. I yeah. actually have a little like a quote from an article which I feel like preps what we're about to talk about kind of yeah. perfectly. So it's it is enough to know that the beauty industry is a huge cultural force in a tight symbiotic relationship with celebrities and the celebrity orientated media. The size and influence of this industry creates challenges for anyone seeking to get the truth about the products it makes and promotes. And that is what we found over and over again. There's just, there isn't any real science no. that you can actually get your hands on. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I'm not well equipped enough with the tools to find it. There's, it's not easy to find. And also, it's just so hard. Even articles that are anti the beauty industry, a lot of them come from like personal blogs or mm. videos and people. Mm. I'm sure they've done their research and feel quite passionate about that. But it's so hard to find credible sources. I mean, you look up anything at skincare and suddenly there's like a million articles mm. like yelling at you being like, this is what you need to do to your skin. Mm. And then the ones that have a counter arguments are usually from the same publications. And like good for them to try and have a little bit of a discussion around the the effects of the beauty product but it's really weird as well trying to read about how you know a, you know beauty products are trying to be point. more eco-friendly whilst also looking at the ads on the banners yeah like next to it selling you the next facial cream because i we haven't talked about this and i didn't think about that but i just realized that i got a lot of my articles were from sites that absolutely promote this stuff to death make their jobs yeah like refinery 29 it. cosmopolitan like you know mm. Yeah, well, All those every... L Vanity Fair, like just those were just like the main, and they they that's their bit bread and butter mm. is the beauty industry. And people writing defenses did generally kind of preface it by saying, "This is my job that I'm writing about." Yeah, which instantly it's a huge bias. Even if they're trying not to be, let, let that be a bias, yeah, you, it it is. And uh, every thing that I read that was trying to give it quite a nuanced opinion restated that thing about how because of the size and scale of the industry there is very the, the, the reasons are numerous as for why there is so little evidence about it like one because because these things don't because they use those soft words we were talking about and there's no like formal like standards well, that they have to exactly, adhere to so aside no from having things that are not like you know cruel they to animals or you know use language to make it so they don't so like regulations don't have to come into play so that instantly takes out a huge chunk of any sort of independent analysis behind it magazines don't sell telling people nothing works that was like i thought a really good point that an article made it was like people don't want to hear that so we know that science research has a problem like what's going to get funded it's not going to get be things saying 
by the way, everyone, all the stuff you're doing doesn't actually work. And all these industries that are unbelievably rich and powerful are lying. Like, that's just yeah. not going to get funded. That's not going to get printed. So there's just... Yeah. So we have we we had a research problem, but despite yeah, that, you know, we persevered and we got <laughs> a lot of. And I think we, you know, both talked about this previously that you know this was just landed up being a lot more important than we had thought. And I think in the first half of the podcast, when we were younger and so full of <laughs> dreams and hopes, and Speaking uh, we, about how 2019 was a good year. Yeah, that was 2019. It was just seems like a distant memory now um yeah and we talked a lot about like how does it work and does it actually work and do we actually need it Mm. which are valid questions but i think they were in our research completely overshadowed by the realities of the psychological impact of Mm. the beauty industry Mm. and the environmental impact of the beauty industry like Mm. over and above things actually making you age less or you know you know moisturize or whatever it is it's more just this beast that is the beauty industry which some people have likened to the tobacco industry yeah in terms of putting you know its sales in front of health and in terms and that's both mental environmental and personal health as well definitely so yeah that's that so that's what the thing i kind of wanted to talk about was the very prevalent argument that i came across about how beauty the uh, skincare is actually really good for your mental health I don't know if you did you come across that. No, I mean, I, 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 not mental. I guess this whole like, hmm. I think the the whole thing of which we're going to talk more about in uh, like later on, but the whole thing about skin intellectualism, where they're trying to make products that you know are for the modern woman who is informed and environmentally conscious and all that kind of stuff, and uh-huh. then like also mental health comes into play. You know, where they're the beauty industry is being very self-aware about its, you know, previous affiliations with making women feel like bad about themselves or like, yeah, I yeah. read a good quote that said the feminist discourse has gone mainstream. So the beauty industry yeah. has covered its tracks. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And I think, I oh mean, we just started ranting quite a lot well, right I feel in like the we, beginning. I feel like we should say when we were, so we just listened back to the first half of that podcast and there was a bit where I said that I just think it'd be better if we didn't hit the skincare industry. And we were both, we just listened kind of silently and we both started clapping <laughs> when I said that. We also think a lot of ourselves. <laughs> we also yeah, think a lot of ourselves. We applaud ourselves. Yeah, we did applaud But it's that. true. Like, uh, and that's no way, you know, I did have a point at the end where I was like, God, just smile and you'll be beautiful, which I kind <laughs> of, you know, was saying with an element of truth in it. But obviously, okay, we're not going to completely uh, override dermatology. You know, some people have actual skin problems. Some mm. people have irritations, mm. things like redness and itchiness. And, you know, they have constant blemishes, which kind of cripple their self-esteem. Like, in no way are we deterring from the fact that some people need skin care or there's certain things which will go into, like, sunscreen and stuff, which is necessary and a certain amount of moisture on our skin. It's just how it's being sold to us and the yeah. magnitude of it. It's insane. And just how things are presented as fact when they're not that is crazy yeah. so maybe yeah i wow um i thought the me so yes we could not there was in most of the articles kind of took the tone that there, there's probably a couple of things that kind of work with skincare but that's a fraction of what we're told works and the, the rest is just like they even said just use history and history will show you that being skeptical of these new skincare trends is pretty much the right position to have because they're endlessly coming out. They're almost all like they just prove to be wrong, and that weirdly helps the industry keep pushing out new products. You know, I I don't a hundred percent agree with the fact that they're completely wrong though. 
because I listened to I listened to a couple podcasts of um, chemists who yeah. work in the cosmetic industry, and this kind of ties back into this is what makes it scary in my opinion the whole skin intellectualism mm-hmm. where there's more and more of skepticism from the average buyer about whether or not things work. Yeah, and I don't think that they work on the level that you expect, but more and more they're trying to actually create products that do work. Yeah, and actually create and there's obviously a lot of things that are in there that are just fluff. You know, like kind of putting proteins in your anti-aging thing do nothing because they sit on your skin and the proteins are too big to actually get into your skin cells and stuff like that. But there are elements in it that actually do work and the chemistry behind it, there's, there's just kind of a huge industry and people take it very, very seriously, creating kind of products and stuff that work. Now, what that means it works is... uh. You know, it means a different thing to everyone. It's probably not at the standard of where what they're selling it to work or mm-hmm. how it's going to change your life. And I think that's where the kind of the the lying comes in. I guess my yeah. Um, well, I was interested in the whole the um the wellness aspect of it because I've even had conversations with friends who've started using more um, elaborate skincare routines and talking about how it was good for their mental health. I read. A lot of articles about people saying how it helped cure depression doing... Is it because of the routine of it? Yeah, and they made some good points as I was reading it. It was the idea that you are taking time to be in the present. So they're kind of linking it to mindfulness meditation, right? You're Mm. doing something that a lot of depression is not being able to exist in your present and it's your anxiety of the future. So they were talking about doing something that really that anchors you in the present was really helpful. And I can see that also it's like ritual. We've talked about ritual a lot on this show, but ritual kind of works. It's a, it's a protection. I think like the glaring sort of paradox with it, with the idea of skincare is it sort of, one, it works in this awful cycle with the beauty industry. We are not breaking new ground and saying that it is very bad for mental health and that the impossible beauty standards are getting more and more impossible and, like my mum always says, it's, she reckons it's harder for us now than it was for her. And I was, I remember telling that to teenagers, like, I can't be right. We've progressed. And now I think the same thing about teenagers now. Growing up, I think that looks harder because you've got such, like, more pervasive beauty standards in your face all the time. Have you seen those apps where they kind of use, you take a selfie of yourself and then you, mm-hmm. like, use sliders to make your eyes bigger to clear your skin and to like but and so those become like you know it started simply with like filters mm. that you make your things look kind of like it was the olden times and then you blur your face out and you look so much the better Filters were so fun at the beginning when it was like the marijuana the thermo yeah, technology but now it's crazy it. like the types of like photos and stuff that people take just and the filters are great like you use them and you like a lot of people like some of them you can tell but mm. it just puts a little shine in your eye and it clears your skin and makes mm. you this, and it works and when i say it's great i mean it's great in terms of how realistic it can look oh well, yeah but not great in terms of like this is becoming so important is how well you take a photo of yourself yeah so the point i was going to make about the whole idea of it being for skincare and helping your mental health is so the skin so it's kind of like the beauty industry creates impossible standards that and women are constantly told and now men that our value is attached to that and yeah. you know objectification of women has not ended so we've got those awful sort of values on us and the problems of those are so pervasive yeah. and then it's like so people do skincare as a way to sort of stave off the sort of um the feelings given to them by the machine that's now selling them there it's like a paradox yeah and so weirdly yes you're feeling better but it's like a temporary fix and it's still using external things for your self-worth and the idea of like the ritual and um grounding yourself in the present i agree with that i think that's really nice and i think that's um i can see how that could help 
but there's still something so off-putting about the fact that, and you can do that in many other ways, not just with buying incredibly expensive skincare, but the fact that still the idea behind it is still you have to make yourself look better. That That's something we have to be always doing. Yeah. And that's that's so depressing. And, and we got both, <laughs> we both got depressed reading about this. Yeah, we had to put off, I mean, not that we're super cheerful right now, <laughs> but we had to put off a first recording of this because we were feeling kind of down about it. I think it's how the skincare industry is like increasingly, like I said before, marketing towards the more intelligent, they say the more intelligent, the skintellect, the mm. person who is skeptical. You know, they want a product that works. They want a product that you know, people are more, you know, so the skincare industry is actually leaning towards activism, increasingly mm-hmm. leading towards, you know, we're going to talk about um, the environmental impact of the skincare industry after we talk about the psychological effects. But, you know, things as simple as, you know, having pale pink packaging mm-hmm. to promote the, um, to promote breast cancer awareness, but having ingredients that are actually, um disrupt your hormones and actually Mm -hmm. um, can lead to breast cancer um, in humans or in different animals and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they're packaging in that way. And of course the word greenwashing is becoming more, like more people are slightly aware about the fact that something marketed, you know, as environmentally Mm. friendly doesn't necessarily mean it is because there's no standards or regulations. And I think there was a good quote from the person who, um, someone in Greenpeace, um, Sorry, I don't actually have her name on hand, but um, when she talked about, you know, that happening at the wrong end of the, the the life cycle of these beauty products, where on the consumer level they're saying this is anti-pollution, this is eco-friendly, this uh-huh. is, but in the very beginning of the cycle, in terms of where the beauty industry makes the most amount of impact, it's actually still so incredibly harmful and they're not taking the precautions and then they're just kind of buying into the fact that people are trying to be more environmentally conscious and marketing things towards that and buying into things like feminism and things like the more intellectual woman Mm. you know and also the fact that people are moving away from cosmetics to skincare exactly which is actually a huge marketing ploy because they're like oh we don't want to tell you that you have to wear makeup in order to be beautiful we want to tell you that you want to use what you have yeah and that is just it's it's, I think it's scary in that mm. sense that it's just God, so self-aware. You're so right. I think that's maybe what I didn't quite my finger on before when I was thinking about it and why I wanted to talk about skincare as opposed to the beauty industry. It's because there's been a lot of critique of the makeup, yeah. right? Animal and you're so right. What they have done is they've yeah. moved it and it's exactly the same. You are still buying products to make your skin look better. It's no different. But now they've marketed it as natural because natural is very in and that's more a more of a feminist friendly word to say but it's such a joke there's nothing more natural than aging and things like clean eating and clean health you know now you're mm. clean because there's these kind of things instead of layering your face with unknown makeup you're going to layer your face with all these like natural and clean things which doesn't mean that they're not toxic doesn't mean yeah. that they don't use bad chemicals yeah yeah it, uh. yeah. It, it, it's yeah the skincare thing i think it's something so gruesome about the fact that it is using good intentions like feminism like like the push to be more environmentally friendly that's and i remember like that's kind of the genius of capitalism is i think people underestimated in its early days how it would adapt so it's adapted to feminism it's adapted it hasn't lost any revenue it's probably it's probably still increasing it in fact all the projections say it still is of course it is and that's because they've just reworded it but the nature of it has not changed. The tobacco industry is a great example. A lot of people liken it to it. Yeah. Where they start off being like, smoking is good for you. It's yeah. good for your health. Or like, have a cigarette to, to knowing that it was bad. And then some of the tobacco 
Okay, I don't know a lot about those. So, but like some of them using the kind of this is how tobacco is going to kill you, like the shocking vi- pictures and stuff like that mm. as a marketing scheme, and yeah. like understanding and being self-aware and kind of you know, uh, I don't know. It's just I think marketing is a lot more clever than a lot of us give it credit for, it's and a lot of us so clever, and yeah. it has adapted to every challenge thrown its way. Mm. Like especially in terms of something like, like nothing is more known to such a young woman that we live in a world where the beauty standards are lies you know they're manipulated they're not true and they're too high and they're wrong and they're bad for us right mm. like we all it's like we we're saying about how the customers like we all know that but what does that knowledge mean the marketing is far too clever for us it seems it can just outpace us at every move and you do feel you have the sense of like overwhelmness you're like oh the beauty industry is so huge and mm. it's so like massive and mm. it's so powering and we forget that the power lies with the consumers you know yeah and it's then, really and made me think like so the whole idea of like voting with your dollar it's kind yeah. of the power we have it is it's, it's a power that has had effect on huge companies before like i don't know about you so how are you feeling about your next skincare purchases? Well, that's the thing. Because when we were talking the other day about mm. voting for your dollar kind of thing, is that, so I needed a new deodorant. I actually went through all my shelves and stuff and I grabbed all this. I have so many. So I said in the first part of the podcast that I have a very basic skincare routine. And in no way did that mean that I didn't have any products. I yeah. had shelves filled with little things, <laughs> either gifts or things that I bought with myself and just like all of these things, especially, or I know we're doing skincare, but for my hair, because that was something that I was quite, because I had really bad hair for a long time. And in the last year or two, I tried to kind of like uh, uh, bring back my hair, um, which has been um, successful. But I did a lot of research and bought oh, a lot of products and that kind of thing um, in order to do that. But also the skin products. I was like convinced that I did nothing, but I had still purchased a lot of stuff. Mm. You know, the, you know, like we were joking about the bee venom. Like mm. I still bought that and I bought this and that. And I've got and, so much skincare stuff. I bought so much skincare for people as gifts for Christmas. Like, yeah. And then at the, at the end of the, you know, um, at the end of it, um, I had to go and buy a new deodorant. Mm. something else that i can't remember so i was like ah we're gonna talk about the environmental effects of all of this i was like should use something with less water so i'm gonna buy something that's like more compact powdered based you know made in new zealand blah blah blah. i'm gonna go do that and it was eight to nine times more expensive Mm. and had a a, a less of a shelf life to it than anything else had happened Mm. so my next train of thought was like ah well i've gone through periods where i haven't used things like deodorant or washing my hair maybe i should go back to that stage and then i'm like how realistic is that for me and i just i don't know the last week was really kind of like taking a look and taking stock of what i do and it's yeah it's kind of not depressing but I kind of think about where we are as a society and how we're in a little bit of a little bubble here in Wellington, New Zealand, where we can, you know, I think there's not as much pressure on us to, you know, wear makeup or uh, I think the more natural look. And in New Zealand in general doesn't have that kind of high standards or more European countries or American countries where, you know, Korean. fashion, beauty and everything is, yeah, you know, um, I remember Asian friends countries. coming back from South Korea and being like, if you are good looking in New Zealand, you'll hate the ugliest person in Korea. And I was like, cool, I'll never go. <laughs> yeah, but it's not only just important in terms of your own self-esteem. It's important yeah. in your relationships, in your work, yeah. in your yeah. career, whatever mm. it is. And it's just like, whoa. It's just horrible. I mean, the whole, I was thinking about it, Like, there is so much disgust targeted towards women who let themselves go. Yeah. And there's this idea that it's pretty much, if, yeah, if 
you're only a woman if you are trying to look good. That's kind of what boils down to it. It's the same boring, depressing, oppressive idea that's been with us for God knows how long. Yeah. That a woman's value is how she looks. And that cannot be said enough. That is not the woman's of the value of a woman. Yeah. So I know this is where... Um, a little bit more press for time so we think we'll go through things quite quickly did you get like how big the beauty industry is uh, something as that usual was... it is impossible to get it is not the world's biggest industry <laughs> <laughs> but it's huge it's I mean huge. the ones I was looking up like it was lumped in with things like retail which I think is considered the fourth according to some I got some number statistics again they varied hugely it is really hard and a lot of them it. are like American based I found yeah, yeah. well so one fairly reasonable one was that the skincare industry, as of now, is valued at $130 billion. But then I saw that anti-aging alone is somehow valued at $300 billion. I also saw that a third of the profits made by the beauty fee industry is skincare. Mm. And that's including everything, hair, makeup, all the stuff that mm. like is in there. Definitely um, collaborated like skincare is an exploding market. And that people spend more on skincare than they do education. Mm. which is and that's not even putting into consideration things like cosmetics fashion yeah all of that kind of stuff that's just your skincare yeah how much you invest over time mm. um, more than their own education which is kind of startling yeah it is, um, it is. it's anyways it's another, another another thing was to look into the environmental concerns yeah because i think you know going back to the whole idea of greenwashing mm. you know a lot of them are like we're more environmentally mm-hmm. friendly we're you know mm-hmm. using more natural products and i think something that kind of screamed out to me was like natural doesn't always mean better yeah there's also a lot of debate around whether or not we should be using the space because we're running a land to grow more crops for beauty instead of food yeah. like should we really be using all these like you know lemons and aloe vera and everything so yeah true. where we should have food and also just understanding just how much water is used in mm. the beauty industry you know water or aqua is the best product in a lot of beauty products and it's large quantities are required in making the product but also in the packaging because obviously you can't put a water-based thing in a cardboard box because it'll disintegrate so there's also packaging which is mostly plastic Mm. which is very you know uses a lot of water and energy Mm. and um it's more difficult to exp- uh, dispose. Most of the shampoo, conditioner, skincare products are going to land up in a landfill somewhere mm. or in the ocean. And then obviously um, there's just a lot of waste, you know, a lot of, mm. you know, half-used. Yeah. Oh, so God. when you, like, the amount of waste you create from, if you go as wide as just beauty products, like including shampoos and stuff, is unreal it's so much and then on top of that there's all the bad ingredients i mean i use the breast cancer one Mm -hmm. you know there's about ten thousand five hundred unique chemical ingredients used across all the beauty kind of stuff and a lot of them are toxic to our health you know things like hormones Mm -hmm. um and then uh you know kind of things like uh, we haven't even touched testing on animals we're not touched palm oil Mm -hmm. and the fact that palm oil is an sls which a lot of people talk about sodium sulfate um sulfates being bad because it strips all your natural oils Mm -hmm. it's also like killing our biodiversity and killing our thing and then there's even sunscreen Mm -hmm. which is something that we need because our sun is very harsh and we want to give ourselves cancer and everything, but there is a lot of sunscreen that's really bad for our coral reefs. So yeah. there's just this, so you have to now buy oh. sunscreen that is friendly for our coral reefs. And there's just a lot of things in environmentalism that comes out of the beauty industry. Mm. And there's just no way to get around it that a lot of stuff that we're using is just mm. tearing our environment apart or actually harmful for us in the long run. So, yeah. I'm getting to that. It's like far fetched and like we'll be. Would be, would be critiqued as idealistic, but it's true. 
all and before in the earlier half i said i was really scared about uh, aging because like my dad's got bad skin so it's probably gonna be something that like i'm gonna have and i was like i'm not scared of getting wrinkles i'm scared of what society's reactions to my wrinkles yeah. are people with bad acne or even like kind of you know not great skin it's not that that actually hurts you it's that our reaction of society obsessed with beauty standards reaction to it is like that's the problem you know yeah. A pimple is not the problem. It's people's perception of what that pimple says about you. That's the problem. And yes, it's idealistic, but still, doesn't mean it's not true or right. Like, the attitude is the problem. And that attitude comes from the fact we have marketed this beauty industry so we so they can make money. Like, the problem is there. That's the problem. I totally agree with myself. I, we would be much happier if the beauty industry didn't exist. All right. So now that we've stated all the problems and stuff, yes. what do you have in terms of solution? Because, I mean, people have um, needs, people have routines. So what do you think going forward would be the best advice that you would give people after you've done all this research? Some things do seem to work. Like, if you actually have a really severe skin problem, like really bad acne or something like that, and obviously, we, you know. Or taking medication that dries your skin. That's mm, a big one as well. Yeah. Um, ret- is it retinoids? I can't quite pronounce it. Oh, retinoids, yeah. That came up a lot. It seems like it really does work apparently you go through a hideous stage where all of your skin flakes off and it looks like you're like um like it's hard to be out in public but apparently it does actually if you've got severe acne that cures it that's been prescribed for like a very long time it's not new at all it keeps getting remarketed but that does it's got even i think it helps essentially it it forces new skin cells to produce at a really quick rate it seems like speed up that process really fast so you will shed a huge amount of skin but it does help with acne. Yeah. So those work. I guess if you've got those, if you yeah, really if you need something. Talk to a dermatologist as well. Like yeah. if you're at that point where you're like, this is, you know, and also in terms of like my opinion is that we don't have to like all burn everything that we have now. Just just start off slow, you know, um, you know, make small changes is always something that's said. I mean, there are like, you know, just... You know, voting for your dollar is a very important one, but also just understanding exactly what you need, you know, really living to the basics. Like you have a bit of dry skin during the winter, use some moisturizer, but then do some research. Like what is that moisturizer? How is it made? You know, who is making it? Like do you, what is that company up to? Who is regulating or, you know, checking that the company who is saying that they're green and environmentally friendly are actually green and environmentally friendly? You know, even like try and see if you can do some things at home. You know, one of the good things about the, I realized that there is, you know, a lot of it isn't, you know, uh, things that we can talk about as good references in terms of, you know, doing a podcast or writing an article. But there is a lot of good things out there like people who have conversations on forums and stuff like that about, you know, uh, natural and skincare. I mean, there's some great skincare that's made out of waste products, like the skins of wines and stuff that was just going to be thrown away where they're used and that kind of thing. You know, they are for people who don't want to tear themselves away completely from their skincare regime or if it is a very important psychological thing to them. You know, there are things that you can use. Mm. Um, and then another thing is just kind of being realistic about what you can lose and see if you need that sense of routine and ritual or whatever it is, see if you can find it. I mean, I know there was like a quote there that said the most, the best thing that you can do for the, for your own beauty and health is activism. And there's some truth into it. Yeah. I think it's a bit, it's, I think it's, it's a huge step for a lot of people. You know, I think it, uh, change is going to be really, really slow, but the real change needs to be made with the industry. Again, it's not necessarily, even though we have the power to vote with as consumers, you know, the real change needs to happen within. You've got to be realistic about how hard that voting is as well, because as we've said, 
there is just so much misinformation about it and a lot of us have tried to vote with our dollar that's why greenwashing happened because people really were trying to buy things yeah. but like it's it's a hard one I'd almost say, like, really look into what you actually need. There's a lot of evidence says you don't actually need moisturizers that often, like, unless you're in a plane or going skiing yeah. or something. Yeah, moisturizers like- supposed to be used because you strip the oils from your face when you're using the cleansing product. And so moisturizers are supposed to put those oils back. But if you're not cleaning your face in the first place and you're putting moisturizers, you're just, you know, setting yourself Ooh. up for... I actually read that you just don't need it and it does the thing that, like... Um, those because you know how it's kind of quite known like people would get stuff to put on their acne and just strip your oils and make your skin produce more it's like mm. with like shampoo and stuff it strips yeah. your oil so, you, but, so your skin stops producing its own moisture and that's what makes it healthy yeah. the analogy was like it's like a tree is going to get its supplements from its roots it's, you can spray water on it and it won't do anything like it's your skin's own ability to regulate if your skin if you have normal skin then it can do it itself you don't actually need to be piling on extra yeah. moisture all the time that's actually going to prevent your skin's ability to do its job and you can't change your genetics as well that's a big thing you, can't. you just you just got to accept what you have and also realize there's a lot of change that can be done internally in terms of what you choose to eat how long you sleep yeah. and what kind oh, of exercise yeah. that you do like yeah exactly those things are if and you really work care about your skin a lot of the ingredients the first thing you should be doing is not anything to do with skincare but it should be things to do with what you eat how you exercise, how much sleep you get, and stress—it's always stress. Oh, Things like like that—you should be seeing probably a therapist before you should be seeing someone about your skin. And then if it really is just a skin problem, then you should be seeing a dermatologist. Yeah. And yeah, this was overall very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But I'm glad we did that. I don't think that I would have gone through the. Sorry for yelling, but I don't think that I would have gone through the. Um, the effort just because it was so hard and it's so hard not to click the first couple of articles that come up on Google mm. that is just like paid for by L'Oreal um, yeah. about and kind of aimed to someone like me who considers uh, who considers herself more like I'm the intellectual buyer or I'm the more eco-friendly mm. buyer and I mean I just like blindly buy things that are green and have little polar bears on them and think mm. that I'm doing a good job and that's not necessarily the case so I'm really glad that and I kind of a part of me knew but it's so different actually like yeah. trying to actually look the the devil in the eye and being like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a basilisk. Yeah. My probably takeaway, and this was, was like the whole idea of skincare for a way to feel good about yourself, it falls into the same trap that it's external validation. And that's not actually, that's a short-term fix. It's like the drug metaphor works for it. It's a short-term fix to make yourself feel better. But like yeah. external validation is not true self-esteem. It's not true self-worth true self-worth and esteem and that kind of stuff it's something you build from within it's not what other people say to you or what you put on your skin like so the i read a good article and this one was talking about how she uses clothes as her external validation she's a fashion editor Mm. and she was saying she's got a real self-esteem problem and i think you could you know switch out clothes and replace it with skincare it's just another way to kind of hide from again the devil in the eye but you know like it's it's external validation and that you self-esteem and it links into the whole mental health thing that's going to come from within and it's not going to come from just good things it's going to come from it's more importantly going to come from what you do with the bad things as well yeah i mean i think that i haven't had any figure in my life probably in the last few years or so past you know three or four years that has been in any way negative or made me feel uncomfortable or made me feel 
bad about myself. You know, I think I hang out with a really great crowd and have a really, you know, great kind Thank of you. family and friend. Not I've you. Been- not you. She <laughs> tears me down. <laughs> Call me up wearing double denim. <laughs> I just said you're wearing double denim. a statement of fact. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but you are. No, yeah. yeah I mean, like, and that's great. And so I feel very lucky. But still, that doesn't mean that I'm completely cured of, like, I, like all the insecurities are still there. Mm. And I think that I put people's, I put ideas into people's head about what they're thinking about me or what I look and that kind you of stuff. You teach someone how to treat you, how to love you. Is that from Hooks Been a Wallflower? Yeah. That's like, yeah, you're right. Like, I've got a really good partner who always tells me I'm beautiful. That doesn't mean I think I'm beautiful. No, that Not at all. No. <laughs> it's like, it's a validation from the one person who, you know, I'm meant to be be trying to seek it from yeah and it means nothing i'm like Anna Wintour doesn't think i'm Sorry, beautiful Ash. and she knows she's got she's got a degree for this <laughs> and a winter oh. <laughs> yeah. she's more qualified than you but yeah the point you're making is it's not external validation that yeah. is nice but it's not that's the real what you need to get through the good and bad times what's gonna actually truly help it mm. has to come from within and you can't put that off by skincare yeah yeah that's for men, women, children, everyone. Dogs. Dogs. Thank <laughs> <And> God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was us. Uh, oh, that's long. All right. That is <laughs> a long podcast of us going on about the skincare industry, but it's important. And yeah. If you're going to. If you're going to have something that is a part of your everyday life, then you're going to do research for it, I think. Mm. It's just something that we should all do. And you should really ask yourself why you need it. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. We're thinking of doing something lighter. <laughs> yeah, we will do something lighter. Um, if you want to contact us, we have an email address now. Yeah. So that's ykepodcast at fishhook. So that's F-I-S-H-H-O-O-K dot co dot nz. That's fine. Um, thank you. And I'll also put it in the description so you can click it if you want to come and yell at us. Or, no, actually, only say nice things. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a complaint, email it skins. to Donald Trump at whitehouse.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear um, it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about something a bit more lighthearted next time. Yeah. Until then. Bye. Bye.